0: Hey, buddies! Welcome once again to the Franco Observer podcast. I am your host, Jason Rudy, from Desperate Visions Productions, a Sacramento, California-based filmmaking group. And uh, right now, I'm putting some of the finishing touches on a edit of Lady Hyde, and uh, I'm on track with that. Looking good, feeling happy, and digging how it's going. And uh, when I get that squared away, I'm going to turn my attentions back to Emmanuel in Sin City and start. Uh, Doing some post on that and uh, start digging that away, so that should be good. So, good news on that front. Another good news is that this is episode ninety-three, film ninety-three, and this is a special film. Talking about special is the word of the day because um, at the time, this film was unreleased and thought to be lost. Um, when this book, of course, uh, Flowers of Perversion, The Delirious Cinema of Jesus Franco, Volume 2 by Stephen Thrower, was put out. This um, film had just been rediscovered, uh, so there's not a lot of information written on this. So, um, yeah, this will be interesting. This is a cool film, and uh, I have yet to watch it, to be honest with you, but I own it, of course, in my collection, and I'm going to be watching it soon for the podcast. But, yeah. So it's cool that this is a film that was kind of unreleased. So, uh, yeah, let me jump into that and then we'll do all the plugs and talk about all the other silly stuff. So, all right. So this is uh, film 93 and the title is El Escarabajo de Oro. El Escabaro de Oro. Translation, The Gold Bug. And it says here, unreleased. Big black letters. All capitals. Uh Spain was the country of origin where it was filmed in 1980 uh, alternative titles Vaya Vaya Luna de Mille. uh that's the Spanish print and it's What a Honeymoon and I think the one I have is under What a Honeymoon uh, production on that was Magna Films out of Spain and this was shot in June of 1979 so yeah this is uh So let's see, this is June. The last film he shot was in autumn of 79. So it'll be like fall. So, huh? He must have shot this right before then. Interesting. But it's out of order. Uh, Yeah, so June 79. That's autumn 79 for Sinfonia Erotica. And then he was doing pickups on um, Sadus of Notre Dame in January. I'm sorry, February of 79, February, March, May, June, okay, so yeah, yeah, well, he's just going right to the other, so that's pretty quick. So yeah, this was June 1979 was the shooting date, director, of course, is why we're here, why why we are here, Mr. Jess Franco, um, producer, Joaquin Dominguez, writer, of course, Jess Franco, based on a story by Edgar Allan Poe. Director of Photography, Juan Solar Cozar. Camera Operator, Jess Franco. Makeup, Nicole Gutiard. Music, Jess Franco. Laboratory, Photo Film Madrid. Color, 35mm film print. <laughs> actually, that's actually all it has. Uh, cast, uh, Max H. Boulot. Uh, Lina Rome, Antonio Mayans. And Emilio Alvarez. And there's really not much, so here goes. Production notes. Uh, based on The Gold Bug, a short story by Edgar Allan Poe, El Escrabajo de Oro was shot by Franco in Rio de Janeiro in May 1979. You know, this is, with further material filmed in Elche, Spain, in June of 79. Okay, so there's May and June at which point Antonio Mayans rejoined the Franco troupe for the first time since tender and perverse Emmanuel in 1973. Franco spoke highly of the film, but sadly it was never released. El Escarabajo de Oro exists. It is a finished film, but the producers, a strange man, owner of a dubbing studio, never marketed it. It's a very modern version in the style of an eccentric comedy. The star of the film was Max H. Boulot, a sportsman turned journalist and disco artist who made three films in the early 1980s. The Hounds of Zaroff influenced The Big Game, 1980, a gambling picture starring Peter Cushing called Blackjack, 1981, and Othello, The Black Commando, 1982, and a an adaptation of the Shakespeare play starring Boulot in the title role and Tony Curtis as Iago. Uh, Franco would return to the post story for In Busca del Dragón Dorado, 1983, and The Ill-Fated Jungle of Fear, 1993. Although Rome and Mayans, the only other actors known to have been involved sorry. Alongside Romay and Mayans, the only other actor known to have been involved is Emilio Alvarez, the teenage star of Armando D'Austrio's steamy incest drama, Passion Prohibida, 1982, telling the story of a young woman who becomes erotically obsessed with her younger brother, Alvarez, the Alcerio film is not unlike some of the work Franco was doing in the early 1980s, sharing a sunshine and sleaze vibe with such films as Saddlemania 1981 and Linda 1981. Locations This was shot in Rio de Janeiro, Alacante, Elche, and Benedoron. Other versions. <clears throat> in 2018, Alex Mindeville discovered a pristine negative of this film in the archives of the Filmoteca Español under the alternative title, Via Luna del Mer. As a publication, it is not yet available on DVD or Blu-ray. So we'll see. I don't know. I have a feeling that this is going to be put out by, through Severin. Um, maybe not soon, but definitely in the next year or two. I don't know. With it being rediscovered and... Uh, unreleased and everything even though it's not nude and horror elements and stuff i don't know i I still think i have a weird feeling that this is going to come out i don't know we'll see hold this to me as i record this in uh may of uh, 2022 so we'll see but uh yeah but that's that's my prediction so uh i'm looking forward to watching this i think i'm going to do either a solo one or maybe have a guest reviewer i'm not sure as of this time but uh yeah i'm going to I have some free time ahead of me, so I'm going to knock that out this week. So, um, if you dig the show and you want to uh, give me a tip, I have a donation button out there, either as a one-time or a reoccurring, whatever amount you want. It's there for you, so feel free to donate. It's always good to help starving artists. Uh, you can also download all the episodes for free anytime, anywhere. And what's even better is you can subscribe. If you subscribe to the podcast, then it's there every Wednesday morning at uh, 1 a.m. West Coast time every time. So that's my exact time. I try. To, I, I love. I love when you can count on something. I love that something's there at a certain time. There's certain podcasts I like that I know. Oh, every Monday morning it's there, or Sunday night, or whatever. These podcasts that just come out whenever whatever then that's fine but if you're on a weekly schedule I think you should always come out the same day unless there's emergencies or whatever but I try to do a few uh in the can ahead of time so I always have about two or three at least ahead of me before uh the deadline so yeah all right so yeah if you dig that subscribe and uh we're on all your favorite platforms of course we've got a lot of stuff so uh tell a friend tell everybody it's best way is word of mouth if you like something don't keep it to yourself tell other people it's good that other people like it. It's uh, good to share in the love and the celebration of Jess Franco and of this podcast and the work that I do every week for free because I love Jess Franco and all of his films, and he's a big inspiration to me. So that's why I do it. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can at uh, our web. Our email address is Franco Observer at yahoo.com. That's Franco Observer at yahoo.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. We have the Franco observer podcast page and Facebook. We have a Franco observer, uh, little page there where I post the episodes and everything like that. So, all right, check us out and, uh, do all that stuff. And, uh, let's see, I got a YouTube channel too, where I post some of, uh, some of the past episodes but also uh, my trailers and such you can find me at uh, Jason Rudy Mondo Visions on that um, so yeah I have a bunch of, bunch of content on there of course so feel free to subscribe to that and watch away so alright well this part is going to be shorter because obviously there's not a lot to read on this film so um, but that's cool you know it's not always good to have a two hour episode so have a little shorter episode is not bad so still nail the content and get it all through so uh, on the other end of the familiar music you will hear my review of What a Honeymoon a.k.a El, de es el Escarabajo de Oro El bajo de Oro Gold Bug so Buggy-Doo and Buenas Noches Maha Alright, episode 93, film 93, via Luna de Mio. This has been a catastrophe because I recorded a great, uh, about 70, 75 minute conversation with the great, mysterious, and fantastic, and beautiful Collie from Los Angeles, California. But... I decided to try it on Skype because Zoom has a 40-minute time limit and it was always a drag to have to wrap up and try to do another link and a bunch of garbage. So I said, hey, let's try Skype. So I set it all up and hit record and did my whole thing, did our talk, looked like it was recording, and then later on I tried to find the file and it was nowhere to be found. So since I am on a not a deadline, but I'm going out tomorrow night and we're doing another film later on this week. I decided just to go ahead and scrap it and just do it again myself. So this will be a shorter episode, which is a shame because this is a great film and we had a great conversation. Collie's uh, a big fan of the film and I'm a f- new fan of the film. It has a lot of great stuff in it. So uh I'll give it a gung-ho try and see what I can do here. So... Alrighty, a little defeat in my voice, but we still want to knock it through, because I love you guys, I love the show, so I want to do this right. So, Alrighty, film 93, episode 93, Via Luna de Mille, No what to Honeymoon. This is based on Edgar Allan Poe's story, The Gold Bug. Uh, it opens right off the bat with a uh, body of water, sailboat, and um, jazz music. You have a uh, kind of a John Coltrane sound, and uh, these are a few of my favorite things from a previous film of Franco's. He's used this tune before, so it starts off with a nice little jazz number. Our first nudity is at about 30 seconds in the film, uh, a wardrobe malfunction, as you would say, with Lena in her string bikini. It's a great thing with Lena. She comes out of the water in this film um, almost like a great Leviathan coming out of the water, a force of nature, as you will. So, uh, Kali kind of caught that, too, which was cool. Um, so you have um, the male lead. He's reading a book on the beach, and he's uh, sucking on an orange popsicle. He calls it a ice lolly, like a lollipop. So it says ice a lolly. And he's reading a Greek book about thermo, thermopile. And, uh, it's a Greek battle and all this other thing. So he gets with Lena and they get together and, uh, they get married and decide to go to banana Island and banana Island is a, uh, we see number three on the list, mm-hmm. um, boats. So there's a boat on the travel brochure sign to go to banana Island. And we have a great little history lesson and a voiceover by the couple on the history of banana Island with, uh, they get Sir Francis Drake and discover the island and the raise up, rise up of the island inhabitants and the revolution and everything. So we learn a history a lesson of the Banana Island. And uh, we have a number 26 on the list, Great Headboards. We had a cool headboard inside the hotel where Alina and uh, Simone, or Simon are hanging out together, being together. Uh, they go out on the town, they go to like an open market carnival scene, and uh, we have a cool, um, uh, it's like a mistaken identity comedy slash vacation film where his name's Simon, and they think he is this crime boss guy that's coming to the island, Mr. Simon, so they everybody thinks that he is this big crime boss, And we see a lot of zooming in and zooming out of different things at the carnival, different monsters and dragons and King Kong and a bunch of crazy cool stuff. So we see a lot of that going on at the island and we see a brief appearance by Antonio DiCabo as one of the crime bosses that's scared away by the Chinese uh, gangsters that are there. And um, as all that's going on, we see Jess Franco appear, and he's clean-shaven with short hair. He comes to the club uh, with a mirror shot, and you see him, um, and he, steals, he has, pulls a gun out and robs a guy played by uh, Max Bolius. He plays Craig. He's billed as Max B., Uh, And he's he's seen as a DJ first, and he's behind the uh, turntable listening to records and listening to music. And he passes off this plain piece of paper to Uncle Jess. And Uncle Jess takes the um, paper, and he's quickly shot by some people fleeing. And he hides out and passes off the paper to Mr. Simon, who he thinks is his boss, but it's not, and Lena and uh, they have this piece of paper and they don't know what it is but they're in control of it so they hide it on their being and escape from everybody. They sneak on this giant Ferris wheel and ride it and talking about things. And uh, it's funny, so when they kill Jess Franco they say that he looked Chinese or Vietnamese or something which is, I thought, pretty funny because Jess Franco is nothing of that sort. Um. So let's see, we have... Uh, um. They steal this piece of paper, they don't know what the paper is for, and uh, we see them going through about what's so important about this paper, and they try to figure out what it is, Simon and her. Yolanda is Lena Romay's character's name in this, and uh, we have them trying to figure out what's going on with all that stuff. And we have, uh, they go out on the beach together, and sun rays from the light make the message appear on the piece of paper. And um, this is when we have our first appearance by my favorite thing in the film, number 19. Instead of a talking parrot, we have a talking robot. We have a talking blue robot. And he translates translates the Chinese text on the white piece of paper that appears. And he gives them the whole rundown of what the text translates out to. And they write down all the clues. And the robot says he's going to self-destruct in 10 seconds and one of the Chinese gangsters that's hiding out smashes him with a robot. But before that, when they're talking about books and texts, Lena says, well, I'm reading a book right now, My Moist Sex, by Linda Lovelace. So there's a nice little Linda Lovelace reference in 1979, Jess Franco film there. Um, Then I have, uh, yeah, Talking Robot Rules. Talking Robots, and this is my favorite part of the film, the blue robot and the red robot. Um... Number nine, 13 on the list. Hypnotize. Mind control theme. Um, the Simon goes to the lobby and he's looking for Lena. And he says, well, why, is my wife here? And I, he says, blah, blah, blah. He goes, uh, well, was she hypnotized or was she okay? And he says, no, she was by herself. She's fine. So it's when Lena went out shopping. Um, and then when Lena goes out shopping, she buys herself a bunch of cool things. She, the jungle fashion line. She has a white hat and shirt and a gun that she goes out. Um, What I liked about this film, too, this is kind of a shorter version of this review. I'm kind of sorry about that, like I was saying, because we did the whole version all the way through, and now we're going to go through it again. But um, we have uh, Craig, his girlfriend in this is a gal named Greta. And Greta goes, oh, can I torture them? I really want to torture them. My reputation as... Of a torturer and so basically this Greta is Greta the Wicked Warden from the earlier Jess Franco film so this is like the Jess Franco metaverse here where we have Greta the Wicked Warden who's married to Craig and she talks about her three assassins from Kabul and um, he kisses her and, and hugs her and carries her away as they're walking and when I did research on these two trying to figure out who is who uh, Susie Bolus was her name that plays Greta. She was an actress in three films and was also an assistant director. She was in Blackjack, Super Buana, and she was assistant director of Black Commando and Blackjack. And her husband is Max Bolus, the guy that plays Craig, so there are a couple in real life. And he was an actor in about 11 films. He was in Black Commando, Blackjack, a lot of the same movies she's in. Um, but yeah, this was she only acted in three films, and one of these was the Jess Franco film. As yeah, Greta, so... She's really cool. She's like a good-looking Franco chick. She looks like a, somebody that would be part of his crew. She looks like Alice Arno quite a bit. I and Collie both agreed. And, uh, yeah, she, she, she's really great in this, so... Um, but, uh, yeah, they talk about the Spanish Consul and everything with those two there. Uh, we have a bunch of groups of spies. We have the Chinese spies. We have Craig and Greta. We have uh, Mr. Simon as part of them. And then we have... Um, uh, yeah, just those two or three groups there. So uh, we have a rowboat with Lena and Simon. Number two on the wrist list. Number three on the list. a uh, boat. Lena and Simon go on a rowboat, and they go trying to find the hidden cave that they're looking for with the treasure. And Lena's wearing uh, her white short shorts, white knee pads, a white shirt, and a bullet vest and a hunting hat and a gun. She's got the '70s kind of hunter look to her which is really really cool in this film um speaking of really cool Greta is wearing a silver jacket and black leather pants in this looking very hot and wearing uh, silver aviator shades and she speaks on a CB radio in her car so and uh, of course she's like a famous torturer and a seducer of men so, um, but yeah, she has a scene where she says, "Don't worry, we are the best of friends, and she's wearing these cool silver sunglasses and the silver jacket, and nothing underneath the silver jacket Um, but uh yeah she's she's definitely a fox, uh Susie bolus um. So let's see what else on this do we have. Uh, Number 21, a handwritten sign. We have a handwritten sign that says Cueva de los Chino, which is the Chinese caves. And so we see a really bad handwritten sign on paper in the middle of the jungle, which is totally just Franco style. Very funny. And we have number five, jungle sound effects. We have a fake leopard sound on a megaphone that an old man and people are trying to scare Lena away from the whole area and trying to do the whole thing so yeah it's pretty pretty funny um and uh we have uh sound effects when craig crushes one of the assassins with a giant bear hug and uh we have um he kills the guy and lays him in the bed and lena thinks it's her husband sleeping and she tries to seduce the dead man while craig hides next to the bed and uh kind of navigates the the corpse's hand and Lena thinks it's the guy sleeping so he grunts and makes little noises and acts like he's kind of, uh, you know, trying to get things going. So it's a pretty funny scene, almost like a Three's Company scene and she's all offended thinking that the her husband slapped her but it's really just the corpse's hand navigated by Craig laying there by the side of the bed. So very odd that Lena's in a hot negligee trying to seduce the dead man. So it's pretty funny. Uh, and then uh he takes the body away and then the husband comes back and falls asleep and Lena wakes up and thinks he was there the whole time and they have a big argument and uh it's very funny Lena crying and both are dumb but the other people think that they're amazing actors and that everybody's working everybody but it's just nobody really knows what's going on so it's a very funny situation um the women uh there's a woman that's playing a Asian killer her name is uh Marisol Garcia She's a Spanish gal, but she's supposed to be a um, Chinese killer, and it's very bad casting on that. So um, Lena, though, Lena has a lot of amazing outfits in this film. She wears the string bikini in the beginning. She wears this black negligee. She wears a red bathrobe. She wears the uh, jungle fashion outfit, which is very, very cool. Um, a lot of great stuff in this. Um, but uh, what I liked a lot, of course, was the talking robots. So we have uh, the robot comes out for a second time, and um after the guy sees the robot he says hey robot i missed you what's up old buddy how's my friend how's it going hey you know how how is everything and the robot knows that he's full of shit because the robot goes uh don't do more dirty things with foreign women so the robot's basically catching him what's what he's doing there and the guy goes hey you're my best friend the robot says go to hell you liar and then the robot turns around and flips him the bird and walks off. So, of course, Jess Robot Jess robot, talking in a Jess Robot voice. So, yeah, Jess Franco doing the robot is awesome. So, that's one thing I really liked about this film. Um, and then we have, uh, and they talk about parrot and parakeets. Of course, number 19 on the list, talking parrots. So, they talk about, oh, yeah, I was out looking for the parrots and the parakeets. Um and then we have a hour sixteen minutes in the film. Finally, Antonio Mayans appears at the hotel with a woman named Bumblebee, and she he's the real Mister Simon. And they figure out they find out later he's Matt Simon, a famous detective, which is like Al Pereira a character that Franco and Howard Vernon and others uh, let me call um, um, Eddie Constantine and a few other people had played, played throughout the year, So that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, he's a version of that. He's um, what did I say, Matt Simon instead of Al Pereira. Uh, this film had a lot of three company physical comedy gags. Um, I liked it that They call me Greta or she says, yeah, they call me the wicked. So Greta, the wicked, and she's wearing uh, leather pants, of course, in the silver jacket and she's topless under the silver jacket. And, uh, Antonio gets to zip down her top and, uh, experience the loveliness that's under Greta's silver jacket. um, The woman with Mr. Simon's name is Bumblebee, and she has a switchblade. And they threaten Lena's life if they don't get back the treasure that they found and the secret of how to get to the treasure. Um, And finally, as there's a big pileup and everybody smashes into the, or Craig smashes into the wall, and there's a big pileup. Everybody's fighting. um, The second robot appears. He's the righteous robot, and he says, "Attention! I will open fire in five seconds." And then he counts down from five to one in Spanish. And then he goes, open doors, fire. And then you hear the pew, 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 pew. That everybody throws themselves around like they're being shot by this invisible thing. And they all collapse and die. And he spins again and goes, a little more. I open doors just in case and shoots some more. And then takes off and leaves, which is pretty silly. So these people are shot and killed by a toy robot. Uh, Then we have the sign again, the same sign, number 21, the Chinese caves with skeletons, and um, Lena takes the beetle and puts it in the skeleton's eye, and it shines into the cave where the real gold is hidden, and when they go into the cave and find it, we see it's actually a tinfoil room with gold light on it to make it look like it's solid gold walls so very cheesy but i love tinfoil walls i have tinfoil on my wall in my studio to take pictures of in memory of franco and that's what he has in this film it's pretty awesome but before that uh but they don't get away scot-free lena steals some gold and uh, hides it in her body at the airport and she says, well, now I'm a millionaire and you have to do what I say. And Simon breaks the fourth wall and talks to the audience and kind of shrugs and says, well, guys, you know, we always have to do what the woman says anyway. So I guess that's just how it is. So yeah, he kind of shrugs up and gives himself away. So, uh, this film was actually unreleased. And in 2018, Alex Mendable found the negative, um, in the archives. um, Filmoteca Español under the alternative title Via Luna de Mil. So, yeah, it was in 2018. Alex Mendeble, who runs the El Franco Nomicon site on Facebook. So, yeah, it was pretty cool to find out he had found that. I'm hoping that they release this on Severin because it's all such a great print and it's unreleased and on the internet. So, they should just release it through Severin and uh, do it the right way. So... All right, going through the Franco list, Uh, of course, we had Body of Water, we had Sailboat, we had Boats, we had Palm Trees, we had Jungle Sound Effects. We have No Chained Up Person. Well, Lena's being held captive, but she's not chained up. Uh, Number seven, Dance Scenes on Stage Stripping. That's negative on that. Number eight, Club Scenes Dancing. We have none of that in this film. Number nine, Jazz Music. We do have that. Number 10, excessive zooms and 11 out-of-focus shots. Quite a bit on this, actually. Not crazy, but there's quite a few zooms on this. Uh, number 12, mirror shots. We have some great mirror shots in the hotel and uh, quite a few scenes that actually mean something where you see what's going on in the background before it happens. So, yeah, it's very cool. Uh, number 13, of course, mind control themes. Just that one mention of uh, at the lobby of the hotel. 14, magic tongue scenes. Lena doesn't get to work the magic tongue in this film, unfortunately number 15 red lights that's negative number 16 sheepskin rug scenes or masturbation scenes nothing like that number 17 mad scientists. that would be negative negative. 18 fish tank shots nope 19 talking parrots well we had talking robots we had two talking robots and mentions of parrots and parakeets so that's cool uh what else we got here Number twenty hand or er, in credits, yes or no yes, we have in credits and the word finn at the end number twenty one handwritten notes yep the handwritten sign at the caves, of course number twenty two spiral staircase shots that's a negative uh number twenty three inept cops well, we have the simon Matt Simon the super detective at the end but uh, yeah the cops are just there to basically. Collect the gold and follow them, so yeah, we do have that number twenty four belly chains negative twenty five kinks, well, I guess lean in the dead man um just uh not too much on that twenty six great headboards. So we had the cool headboard at the hotel, but nothing too amazing but pretty decent. Uh, Number 27, Fear or Desire. Well, desire. The desire the gold and the desire between Lena and her husband, the new honeymoon couple. And it's, oh, what a honeymoon, so that's their desire. And finally, 28, Acoustic Guitar Player. That's negative. Nobody playing an acoustic guitar in this film. Standouts for me, of course, is Lena Romay as the lead. She's really great. Uh, Emilio Alvarez as Simone Simon was pretty good. Uh, Max bolus is Craig, kind of the big muscle guy. He's like uh, this big African American guy, about six foot three, three hundred pounds. Uh, he's he's actually pretty good. in This is Craig, really smooth talking guy, and uh, his wife, of course, uh, Susie bolus is Greta. Was my favorite person in the film. Uh, Matt Simon is Antonio. Uh, Matt Antonio Mines is Matt Simon. Was in it just a short bit. Um, Oscar Martinez is okay. Of course, Franco is the man with the secret paper. Is good in this. And, of course, Franco as the voice of the two toy robots, so that turned out pretty nice. So, yeah, worked out good. It's kind of a Three's Company type physical comedy film, a mix-up of that with um, the red-lip style movies of the two kind of dumb people that solve the crime when nobody else that's quote-unquote smarter can solve it. Instead of the two women, we have uh, Lena and her young husband, or the two stand-ins for them and yeah like i said it's like a red lip style movie it's a mix of that two female spies because they use the end song from two female spies at the end of this film which is something i forgot to mention um uh let's see yeah they have uh, the end music from two female spies plays during the last scene so you have that connection there the kind of Da, 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 da. So that that song plays, and also it's kind of a mix of they do everything and um, Celestine, the all-around maid. So yeah, it's kind of that you know body sex comedy mix of that with a little adventure, kind of a Indiana Jones or Raiders Lost Ark, finding the the light that Collie had mentioned, uh, going through the the shining onto the city below, or, or the the uh treasure below and everything so yeah interesting so um nice in credits on this yeah music was said pablo villa and jesus franco of course they're all just sound cues and songs from past um franco films um, he had about 30 seconds of in music on the credit i watched um max b of course is max bullis and uh, Antonio Mayans, of course, was cool in this, and this is his return to the Franco universe, so he comes back in and uh, takes care of business again and starts his voyage with the Franco universe for a long while after this, so, yeah, um, like I said uh, earlier, Collie and I had recorded a great 75-80 minute episode, and now it's lost in the wind, so... This is the first and last time that I do Skype, so I guess I did it wrong, or I was recording it, but it didn't save it, so, I don't know, very frustrating, I hate doing work twice, so, but yeah, so that's this on the Franco Observer podcast, um, going back to Zoom on the next one, so I won't have this problem anymore, and we'll just do it that way, so... Collie will be back to join me on episode 94, which is The Cannibals, so this should be interesting, have a bloody good time watching that, so, alrighty, so yeah, Via Luna Del Mill, I would recommend it, it's a fun film, starts off a little slow, but uh, it's got great dialogue, it's it's cute, it's good editing, Um, it's very cheap, it's very great imagination with the talking robots and uh, silliness in there. It's uh, got the gift of imagination, and sometimes it feels like a young boy's making the movie, and sometimes it feels like a grown man, so it's, it's, it's a good film. I, I would recommend it, and uh, I like it the more I th- as I watched it, and I started to watch it a second time after the first time, so yeah, it flows good, so I would definitely check it out if you can find it. I got my copy <clears throat> at uh, Trash Palace but uh, like I said, hold off, man. I have a feeling that this might get released legitimately sometime soon. So, alrighty. Well, thank you once again for listening to the Franco Observer Cop Podcast. Of course, we do this in praise and memory of Jess Franco, bringing the name and films of Jess Franco to new eyes and ears. And I want to thank Alex Mendible for discovering this film in 2018 and finding the negative and letting everybody share in the joy and pleasure that is this film. So, uh, okay. Any other final thoughts I want to use before I wrap this up? Um, that's, it's a shame. There's a lot of funny lines on this. I'm going to bring up, um, the name of the island they go to is banana Island. And Kali had talked about, uh, how that's one of her new favorite terms of the, secret island that she keeps her love slaves at, Banana Island. So yeah. So we learn about that in the episode. Um I liked that Antonio de Cabo had a very short part in there. Uh that was a very cool thing. Of course I liked the two talking robots, uh and uh like the one robot go to hell and you're a liar and everything. So it's funny that he had the Jess Franco talking in the robot voice and having the robots have personalities and feelings and and uh, also cashing in on the r2d2 and uh, c3po talking robots kind of deal so yeah it's funny a couple years after Star Wars he's like oh, I gotta have some two funny talking robots bumbling robots in my film so and they're just these little toy robots that you can buy in a store I'm sure so very funny little wind-up auction ones so very cool. I liked it a lot. So, check out Luna de Miel, also known as Escobar bajo de Oro, or What a Honeymoon. That was 1980 and uh, Spanish language, English subtitles, unreleased and found again in 2018. So, that's great. So, alrighty. Buenas noches. Hope you all have a beautiful evening and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it.